Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Welcome to Crossroads Church. Glad that you are with us, whether it's in person or online. It's always a privilege to be with you and to, to look at God's Word together. Today I'll be looking out of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 23. And, uh, and this is a letter that Paul wrote to a church. And it's one of these letters that's continued to be passed on to churches around the world. And, and I'm going to start at verse 23, and we might jump up even a little further, uh, or back a little earlier, but uh, we'll definitely start from verse 23 all the way to 25. Um, and it, it looks a little bit about how God doesn't show, it shows how God doesn't show favorites, but yet in there it gives us uh, the idea that, that we can find favor with God. Um, there's kind of a running joke in, in our family, and, and I guess it's even translated into the church, where, where people have asked, well, what's Pastor Bob's favorite, um, favorite sweet or favorite dessert? And, and some people know that I like a, a favorite this or a favorite that. And, 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 it, and it came out one time where, where someone said, well, Pastor Bob likes that. And Arlene's like, no, Pastor Bob's favorite is this. And, and what the funny joke is that I have a favorite cookie, a favorite cake, and a favorite pie. And so, uh, but in general, I guess I, I like all of them. So I don't really have favorites as it relates to, uh, to sweets. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pr- pretty forgiving as it comes to that. But the Bible talks about how God doesn't have favorites. But I want to put it in the context as Paul was writing this to the church. The scripture says that whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people, knowing that it is for the Lord that you will receive the reward of his inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For the one who does wrong will receive the consequences of wrong for which he has done, and that without partiality. In other words, God doesn't show favorites. Um, Those who do wrong will be paid accordingly. And so I was thinking about that, especially I wanted to dial in a little bit on the idea that God doesn't show favorites. I mean, um, I remember when we started having our kids that we only had two, but there was this idea of, of, well, he's, this one's my favorite or this one's my favorite. This is my favorite older child and this is my favorite younger child. And we would say that as a joke because we didn't have favorites. We love them equally. We love them differently. Um, I I do think it's a shame when, when parents uh, will favor one child over the other. Uh, the Bible talks about some of the dysfunction of some of the, uh, the families in the Old Testament. Uh, for instance, Joseph, he was favored over his other brothers, and it created problems. Um, and, and sometimes I think people think, well, I think that person is favored more by God than others. And I, and, and I want to talk about the, con- the, the, the context of this because I do believe you can find favor. But I also believe you can lose favor and fall out of favor. And the scripture says, it ends here by saying, For one who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality, that without favoritism. In other words, it's, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and, and so the idea that, well, well, does God have favorites? Well, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I don't know that God has favorites. But I will say this, God has forgivens, and that's really not a word, and he has faithfuls. God has, 
has given us Christ. And the Bible says God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life. In other words, whosoever could be part of the favorite crowd. But finding favor, how do you find favor with God? The Bible says that Jesus grew in in favor with God and man. So favor is something you can grow in. It's something you can uh, learn. It's something you can get better at. It's something you can find. I think there's a, there's a little clue a little earlier in that verse, in, well, verse 23. The Bible says, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people. Now, when you read that, you think, well, it used to be said that if you had a, a, a nice plate of food, it would be a hearty, uh, it was a hearty meal or, or a hearty helping. That's, that's, a, that's a good amount. And, and so when you think of doing something heartily, in that context, that has more to do with your stomach than your heart. Well, the actual word here that's, that's being translated uh, really comes from a word in Greek called psyche. Uh, it might be pronouncing it wrong, but it, it's where we get our word for life or breath. So, so now, so understanding that is the context, listen to this verse. Whatever you do, do your work with your life, with, with your breath, with, with what, what's, what's inside of you. As for the Lord and not for people. Knowing that it is from him or from the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. In other words, do it with all you have within you. When, when I lived in, in Mexico for a while, there was a term, it was a phrase, and it was called echelaganas. And that meant to like do it with all that you have within you. Right? And the word ganar is almost like to work for something. And then, and, and, and then I met my wife, and she's from Venezuela, and her term for, you know, kind of give it all you've got is echele pichon. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. And it definitely doesn't sound like the one I learned in, in Mexico, and it's very different from what we know in English. Uh, give it your all. But here in this passage, Paul writes to the church, and he says, do it with your life. It's breath. Do it with what's inside of you, your life's breath. Would you breathe it in and out? Um, and then we get to that last verse where it talks about how you'll receive uh, the reward of whether you're wrong or, you're, uh, or how you've lived. So how have you breathed? How have you lived? How have you done life? The, the Bible says we're supposed to do life as if we're doing it unto the Lord. Everything we do. In fact, even a few verses earlier, because slavery was still in, 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 uh, going on in, in ancient Rome, um, the, the scripture says that the, the, the slaves were being mistreated. And, and he had words, the, the Bible had words for slave owners. It had words for husbands. It had words for wives. It had words for, for parents to children to not, to not uh, just stay on them so hard. The scripture tells people how, to, how they can do life as if they're doing it unto the Lord, even when the circumstances aren't fair. For instance, the slavery uh, or, or even marital issues that would have arisen in the church of Colossae. The, the scripture says we're supposed to do everything with our life. Everything. God doesn't have favorites. He has forgivens and he has faithfuls. Your wrongs and my wrongs one day will be counted. 
And, and I know that's harsh, and it, make, it makes it seem like, well, maybe I'm not God's favorite. But our wrongs will be counted. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, it says, But I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will, be give, they will give an account for it on judgment day. So the Bible is saying that one day you and I are going to face judgment. We're going to come before the throne room of God. And every careless word that we've said will be on display. And we're going to be judged for that. It's going to be counted. Your wrongs and my wrongs will be counted one day. And, and that can be depressing. You can take it however you want to take it. But it can feel like that, is, that means there's no hope. Well, there is hope, and, and we'll, we'll get to that a little later. But, but we need to understand that there's consequences to our wrongs, as was mentioned in Colossians chapter 3. If we're going to be finding favor with God, then we've got to understand what God has asked of us. He says, I want you to breathe Everything you do, I want you as if you're doing it for me. I want you to live everything for me. That means your words can't be careless. Have you ever said a careless word? Let me, let me tell you this. You can have careless sentences, careless paragraphs. Um, it, it's easy to just keep going and going and going. And then, and in fact, have you ever said something? You tried to dig yourself out of it and, try, and you just made it worse and worse. We've said careless things. Careless things happen when we don't think about the consequences to others or even ourselves. The Bible says that your wrongs and my wrongs, wrongs one day will be counted. And, and, and then Paul writes another church in, in Corinthians and he says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive compensation for his deeds done through the body, in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. So every careless word that we have said will be judged. And it even talks about here how the, the deeds we've done in our bodies will also be on display. Your wrongs and my wrongs one day will be counted. But God's saying there's, there, there's going to be a whole lot less to count if we live every experience for the Lord. Now if you say my, my work is separate from my, my faith life or as... Our nation declared uh, a few decades ago that there would be a separation of church and state. And we started separating those things and saying, well, this can happen here in this space, and this can happen here in this space. Then, then what's going to happen is we're going to do some things that aren't in line, uh, aligned up, or not aligned with the, th the Word of God and the things of God. And so there are going to be consequences to those things. And, and, and instead of finding favor, we're going to be losing favor. Have you ever heard the expression, oh, I'm in the doghouse? Or, or have you heard the expression, oh, he or she's a teacher's pet? In fact, I don't think I ever heard of he was a teacher's pet. Now, sorry, ladies, but it always seemed like the girls were the teacher's pets in, in, in the class. And that's probably because us guys were always talking, always getting in trouble, always throwing something. Um, probably not as respectful as, as we could have been. But the Bible says that you and I can find favor with God. But we can't be careless with our words and our deeds. We have to be careful for how we live out every experience. See, earlier in the book of Colossians, it was a warning about even about complaining. It, it, there were warnings about in Scripture about uh, how, how just, just your attitude can take you down to a place where you've lost favor with how God has asked you to live. 
The Bible says here in this passage, it says, whatever you do, do your work heartily with your whole life, with your breath, as for the Lord and not for people, knowing that it is from the Lord that you will receive your reward in your inheritance. Your wrongs and my wrongs are going to be counted. Your heart and your life will be evaluated. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The scripture says those of us whose hearts are pure, those of us who are seeking with our, to live our lives where our heartbeat matches up with God's heartbeat, we're going to see God. And I believe we're going to see God uh, in this life and the life to come. We're going to see him move. We're going to see him present. We're going to feel him. And maybe those, and you think, well, I don't know if you'll see him. But I believe he can give us spiritual eyes to see that he is in our midst. Um, there, there's a passage I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter uh, 27, verse 19. And, and, and Solomon writes this in such a way where the imagery, I, I hope it's as, it comes across as, to, as profound to you as it was to me. It says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects a real person. As the face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. Your heart reflects your life. Your heart reflects what you're interested in, what you care about, what you count as important. Your heart is a reflection of of, of really what you're going to be invested in. Well, Paul said to the church at Colossae at the beginning here in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Whatever you do, do it with your whole life. Put, put your life into it. Arlene and I have talked about um, 21 years being the, the, the pastors here at Crossroads Church. It's a lifetime. We've, we, put in, we put in our blood, our sweat, and our tears. Now, you think blood? Well, there's been a couple projects around the church where I wasn't capable of, and, and I, I have drawn a little blood uh, through just my ineptitude of, of doing those projects. But we've put in our lives. We started with, with, with no gray hairs, and now, well, at least I have some. I don't know if she has any yet. And, and, and no, I was, uh, no, I did not have hair when I came here. I was still bald. I didn't lose hair while here pastoring. But, but we put our lives into this. And we look back and we think of the memories, the people we've known, the people that have come, the people that have gone, the people who've gotten saved, the people who've died, the people who've gotten married and the babies that we've dedicated. We've thought about our lives have been here invested in the kingdom of God. Well, the scripture says, just as, just as your words can be counted, your heart can be evaluated. And it's through your life. God can see your life through the things that you do, through the words that you say, through what you consider important. And so can everyone else. And, and so Colossians is a reminder to do everything with all that was within you, with the breath and the life that is within you. Do it as if you're doing it unto God. But don't just do it halfway. Do it with all that is within you. The scripture says that there's coming a day when those who do wrong will be judged for the consequences. There will be consequences for the wrongs that they do and they will be judged for them. But the Bible also speaks about the rewards for those who are in him. 
The scripture says through Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 10 or 17, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind to give each person according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. In other words, I'm going to reward someone according to what they deserve. So maybe I should have started with this, but I want to end with it for sure. What do you think you deserve from God? What is the reward that you think or you're expecting from him? And name it. Think about it. Ask yourself, well, wow, do I deserve this from God? Or will I get that? How much do you think you really deserve based on on, on some of the things that we've looked at today? Your words, your deeds, how you've lived your life, how you've even done your job at work. Have you done it as if you've done it unto the Lord? Or were you complaining? Were you frustrated? Were you mad all the time? Do you realize that he provides for us through our jobs? And he says, do them as if you're doing them unto the Lord. Because then you're going to give glory to me. People are going to see me through you, through your life. How much, based on that, how much do you think you deserve in a reward? Do you know what you're worth? When you go to a job interview and, and, and you've heard that people there are making, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 dollars an hour, or whatever they're making, 20, 25, whatever. When you go there, have you thought about what you're worth? Are you going there because you think you're worth that? Have you thought about what you're worth? Have you thought about what you deserve? What would be a fair reward for you from God for the life that you've lived? It it was at that point when I wrote that question down for this message, I, I, I got to thinking, what would be the fair reward God could give me for the life that I've lived? Now, it's easy to remember 21 years of being a pastor of a church and say, oh, that's, that's got to count for something. But what about the 20,000 words, the careless words that I've said, maybe offending someone, maybe not being considerate, or not even saying thank you, or asking someone, how can I help you? The, the absence of words, or the presence of deeds that were wrong. What do I deserve when I, when I wrote that question down, actually, I didn't want to think about it too much. I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about it because I think my reward would be nothing. I don't deserve a reward. I don't know that I really deserve anything. In fact, I've heard it said that all of us deserve death. All of us deserve separation from God. But that's not the way it was. The Bible says that though we have done wrong and sinned against him, he has given us an out. Or, or maybe a better way of saying it, he's given us a way to find favor with him. And it's through his son. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. If you would seek him, you would find him. If you would really go after him with all your breath. And you would live life as if every breath was meant for him. The scripture says you and I would find favor. And we would see him face to face. I'm going to ask if you bow your heads wherever you are, whether you're in person or you're at home. And I want you just to ask yourself the question, what would be a fair reward for me? What, what do I deserve from God? And then maybe you ask the question, what do I want from God? 
And would you join me? Lord, that's a, that's a tough question to think what we deserve from you. And truthfully, I don't think we deserve anything. I know I don't deserve anything. But I know what you've promised me. The, 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 the promises in the scripture are, are sure and forever and true and amen in you, Jesus. And for that, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for forgiving us, for giving us a way out. Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who made it possible that we could find favor with you by believing in him. Lord, would you help us to do everything that we do for your glory? Would we live every situation, whether it's a, a work environment or a, a family outing or whatever we would do, we would do everything as if we were doing it for you. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.